Welcome to the Save Your Marriage podcast, dedicated to all the men and women out there who are going through marital problems and want to save their marriages. Here, we give you tools, perspectives, and insight into how to save your marriage and have a thriving marriage. This podcast is sponsored by The Fortified Spouse. And now, here's your host, Arturo Henriquez. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode. Thank you very much for listening. I just want to invite all the men and women out there to book a private, complimentary call with me. We will talk about your particular situation in private and give you lots of guidance and put you on the path to restoring and saving your marriage. Just go to www.fortifiedspouse.com forward slash call. That's C-A-L-L. So this podcast I've hosted now for, I think, two years, you know, to look at how marriages get into trouble, deep trouble, and how they can work their way back. And we've been meeting together. Now, if you've been listening long enough, you've been meeting with me, hearing me, hearing my voice, talking about what happens in a marriage and how things both come together and fall apart and then can possibly come back together again. So today I want to talk a little bit about how things fall apart. And this is going to be kind of a familiar story for many people. It's probably a process that you may have felt yourself. And I want to start with a statistic that was done by the California Divorce Mediation Project. That group decided that they wanted to kind of study what happened as people were going through the mediation process in a divorce procedure what happened to their marriage, not just what happened as they were getting a divorce, but what happened in their marriage. And this is the fact that they found. They discovered that 80% of the time, divorces were due to partners slowly growing apart and losing their sense of closeness. And that left them feeling unloved and unappreciated. I just want to kind of parse that out. What the study showed is eight times out of 10, eight times out of 10, that means there are only two times out of 10 that that didn't follow this pattern. Eight times out of 10, the divorce was due to slowly growing apart in the relationship. And that left them feeling a loss of the closeness that they once had. And I'm going to use another term in just a minute for what that's about. That left them feeling unloved and unappreciated. So a lack of closeness leads to that feeling of being unloved and unappreciated. So what is that closeness? Well, it's connection. That's what we're talking about here. Once again, now, connection is not only the thing that creates the process here. There are a couple of other pieces, but connection is the biggest one. Let me just kind of briefly say, if you haven't heard me talk about this before, connection is the lifeblood of a relationship. It is emotional security, and it's where trust lies, and it's embedded in a relationship. Connection is what pulls you closer and closer together, and a lack of connection is what pushes you further and further apart. So as we're getting to know somebody in the beginning stages of a relationship, you know, you meet somebody and you're like, wow, they are really cool and I want to know them more. And so you start working to learn more about them and to share more of yourself. And so you become closer and closer. And so you can talk about what feels like we're so close. 
that what's behind that is a feeling of connection. Humans are connecting creatures. We need connections, human connections. Studies go way back to what happens in childhood when we don't have what is at that point termed attachment, when we can't attach to somebody who takes care of us. Sometimes the can't attached is because the caregiver doesn't have that capacity, doesn't have that emotional capacity of providing that. And other times it's because there's something going on with a child. We often talk about in autism that a child has a hard time attaching to somebody, but then there are other people. Maybe there's depression or anxiety or illness or distraction in the adult or addiction, lots of other things that leads them to be unavailable, to have the resources, emotional resources, to allow a child to attach. So we often talk about the attachment wounds that we carry with us. And if you're familiar with attachment styles, that comes from what happens with us in childhood in attaching to somebody who cares for us. So that attachment, when we attach to somebody in adulthood, when it's more about an egalitarian relationship, somebody who is our equal, that's connection. Do we feel connected to the other person? It's not that we need that other person for survival. As much as we want to be a part of their lives, we want to have that emotional closeness, that physical closeness. And so that's the attachment. That's the connection that we're talking about. And that studies show that 80% of the time, that lack of closeness or that lack of connection led to a feeling of feeling unloved and unappreciated. So it's not neutral, right? Less connection is not neutral. It's not like you can just kind of do without that, right? Like it doesn't matter. It actually goes from feeling loved to feeling unloved and unappreciated. So it's not just neutral. It drives us to a different place. I recently read a comment that a divorce attorney wrote about how divorces happen. And I talked about this with my VIP members in the coaching program, and it really seemed to resonate with them because they were asking, how do marriages end? And this divorce attorney said, a little at a time, then all at once. So a little at a time, then all at once. The little at a time is the problem because we don't notice it. It often is off the radar screen. We miss what's happening. So I want to give you a couple of reasons why this happens. So the connection is like this place of wiring. As I talked about, that we're wired for that connection. And when it's not happening one place, we naturally begin to look for other places to draw that current. It's kind of like walking around with an electrical cord. And if you go, okay, that plug doesn't work, so I'll try over here. You know, my wife had a hair dryer that was going out on her. And so she would put it in one plug and it wouldn't work at all. For some reason, it worked in another plug. We have yet to figure that out, but that's what she was doing. It doesn't work here. I don't get enough juice here. So let me go over here and try this. And it works over here. So we need that connection enough that if we're not getting the juice one place, if we're not getting that current in one place, we go look for it somewhere else. And there's a lot of places that can happen in life that continue to draw us away. So if I'm not getting energy in one place and I'm getting in the energy somewhere else, I'm no longer looking for energy at the original place. If my marriage is not giving me the connection I need, I start looking for other places to feed that. Now, let me be very clear. 
I'm not talking about you consciously, not like my wife going around, you know, consciously, let's see if this plug works. We don't do that consciously, but subconsciously, we start looking for other places to invest, whether it's investing in our kids or investing in our work or hobbies or maybe an affair or somewhere else. You know, there we can find the places to get that connection that we're feeling the need for. Even if it's not the same kind of connection, even if we change the connection, we're still trying to find that connection point. So it happens a little at a time and then all at once. Why is that? Well, let's talk about that a little bit in a couple of different analogies. Let's talk about it in terms of your mobile phone, your cell phone. You're using your cell phone all day long and it keeps working up until the battery is almost dead and then it shuts down. And if you're not looking at the battery meter, you don't notice it. So all day long, you're going, my phone works, my phone works, my phone works, while slowly it's eating away the battery, while slowly the battery level is dropping and dropping and dropping. And so suddenly you're in the middle of something important, some important phone call, and the phone shuts down. Maybe it's in the evening and you're looking at some story or you're responding to some email and all of a sudden it shuts down. Maybe it gives you a little warning, but it shuts down. If you had paid attention, you might have made sure that you kept the battery charged. So it's kind of like that connection wanes and wanes and wanes, and you don't really notice it until suddenly it's so low that it can no longer support the relationship, and it collapses all at once. Let me give you another example. Years ago, I had a car that did not have a reliable gas meter. And so I never was exactly sure how much gas I had in the gas tank, which I knew from the very beginning when I bought the car, the person who sold it to me said, yes, I better warn you that the gas tank, the gauge doesn't really show very accurately. And I said, well, how do you deal with that? And he said, well, I just keep it on full because I didn't know how much it was going to lose. I would frequently, you know, I have certain number of days I'd go fill up that tank, whatever I needed. It was kind of an adventure to drive that car. Because if I was going any distance, I had to be mindful of the fact that I could run out of gas and I wouldn't know it until I was on the side of the road. The car keeps running until it doesn't, until it runs dry. And his kind of analogy is what might work for any relationship to go, you know, I never want it to go too low. So I'll keep paying attention to it. I'll make sure that I put the gas in. I put the connection in. I put the effort in just to make sure it never gets to the place where it runs dry. So a couple of examples there of what happens, you know, little by little, we drain it, whether it's the gas tank or the battery until it suddenly drops, suddenly it fails. And so many times, that's exactly what we find in life, in our relationship that we didn't nurse it along. We didn't pay attention. We didn't give it what it needed. And suddenly it's not there when we want it. We suddenly feel disconnected. And so many times people tell me these stories about how just a week ago or a month ago or six months ago or even a year ago, their spouse was giving them love notes about their undying love. And now the love has died and they can't understand what happened. Well, little by little, even in the middle of writing that note, little by little, the connection was waning until suddenly it collapses. And so we face where that often happens in a marriage. I call it the pause button marriage. And people do make a choice 
to pause their relationship because they don't understand what they're actually doing. I had a computer with a perfectly good battery that I often put to sleep and I'd set it aside, right? So it was a good battery was there and I'd set it aside for a while and I was doing some other things on other computers. So then I went and opened it up and turned it back on knowing that it hadn't been used. So theoretically, the battery was okay, but I forgot about the fact that when the computer was asleep, it was still using the battery to maintain some functioning on the back end. It was slowly draining that battery when it was asleep. So when I needed that computer, the computer wouldn't turn on. It was dead. Well, that's kind of what happens in a pause button marriage. In reality, marriages are never paused. They're either in decline or they're in expansion. That's the only two things that any relationship can do. Either it's declining and headed for trouble, or it's expanding even a little bit over time. Maybe I'm learning a little bit more about somebody else, or maybe we're finding a little bit better ways of communicating that help us grow. You may not even notice that, but that's what happens when couples stay connected. They learn a little more about each other each day, and they learn a little more about the relationship each day. But when they pause it, it actually is in decline. The problem is many times in our culture, we prioritize and miss what's important. We decide that when the kids are old enough, maybe we can get back to the date night and back to connecting with each other and spending time together. So we hit the pause button. Your parenting, that's one of the big reasons that we got kids. And oh boy, it's so busy. So maybe another time we can be husband and wife or spouse and spouse. But right now we're going to be mom and dad. We're going to be the parents. And we miss the fact that as soon as we hit the pause button, the relationship began slowly to drop away, slowly to lose connection. And many times when we get back to reconnecting, when we finally go, the kids are old enough, they're out of the house, or they don't need us anymore, or the career is far enough along, now we can start to reconnect. Or I've done all the hobbies I wanted to, and I've traveled all I wanted to, and I've hung out with my friends as much as I wanted to, or whatever it is that makes you press that pause button. We come back and we look at the spouse and go, who are you? And what are we about? Because over time, while the relationship was not growing, we all change little by little over time. Think about all those times that you have not talked to a friend in such a long time or a family member or even during COVID, right? And you suddenly get back together and it, it happens, right? You start to reconnect with family and friends and they realize all the changes that have happened you know, in the past couple of years, and they're different people. And so you have to spend some time getting back up to speed. What have you been doing? What hobbies have you been doing? What are you thinking now? And lots of those transformations, you know, you assume you're meeting that old person, but that old person is gone. Your old friend, family member is changed. And by the way, they assume they're meeting the old person as well. And the old person, which is you, is missing too. You've changed. You both are different people. So it's true. When we unpause the relationship, you're different people and you stare at each other and go, it's like I'm with a stranger. So that's what happens. That gets us into trouble. That's what the divorce mediation project discovered eight out of 10 times. It was just slowly growing apart. But over time, they only hit the empty tank or the drain battery and suddenly it falls apart. 
Or as the divorce attorney says, marriages end a little at a time, then all at once. So what do you do? Well, there's the possibility that you're at the point where you realize that there is a strain on the relationship, that things aren't where they need to be, but maybe the battery's not completely drained. Maybe it's giving you the low you know, battery single that maybe it needs to go on energy reserve and you go, oh, we need to do something. Or maybe it's completely drained. Maybe you feel like you're stranded on the side of the road with a gas can in your hand going, I don't know what to do. In either case, the process is the same. We work to restore the connection. If the connection is the lifeblood of a relationship, we're trying to restore that circulation. Now, the thing you have to be careful about is you can't just jump back in. It's kind of like having your car going into one gear. You can't suddenly throw it into another gear. You know, back when I was younger, my brother was driving my parents' car and he threw it from drive to reverse or reverse to drive. I can't remember which. And at that point, there was no safety mechanism to keep that from happening. And it dropped the transmission right out of the car because it was too abrupt. And so part of what we have to do is slowly bring the connection back, slowly revive the relationship. Another analogy you might understand is that sometimes we've discovered that people, when they fall into, say, cold water and it appears they have drowned, really there's still life. It's just so deep inside that we have to slowly warm it back up. And one of the dangers of that situation is too quickly trying to reanimate that person. They go into shock and their body overcompensates. So you have to slowly bring the connection back into the relationship. You want to make sure you don't chase the person. You want to make sure that the process is one that you both can manage to understand. And that's part of the danger. Many times people have a sudden reaction when they realize that the disconnection is so far off. So they want to go full force into trying to save things. I have a lot of men and women that come into the program and they want they want to devour all the videos and all the activities and the homework and the things that we teach. And they want to consume it all at once as if that's going to make a difference. It won't make a difference because you have to reset and start from zero and slowly reconnect. This is when people suddenly do, you know, the we're going to have somebody come to our house for 18 hours a day for three days and get things cranking again. And it collapses the relationship because it can't sustain that much focus, that much attention. Or they say, oh, we're, you know, we're going to go on this long, long romantic trip when the romantic feelings have really gone dormant for too long to just suddenly breathe life back into them. So part of what we have to do is begin to slowly build the process, not jump full force in, but to pace the process so that the person can catch up. Because usually it's one person who realizes there's a deep, deep problem. And many times there's one person who's ready to move to fix things and try to save the marriage. My guess is if you're listening to this, that that's you. You want to be aware of the fact that you just because this is an awareness in your mind doesn't mean it's an awareness in your spouse's mind that the connection is the issue and that the reconnection is the process. So you have to slowly build that back in. You have to make sure you pace the connection. 
part of what I provide my VIP members is a number of tools of connection because I know that I want to make sure that we can have a dialogue about using those tools. And so it's based on the five stages so that the other person doesn't feel like they're being overrun with the force of connection. See, connection is best rewarmed slowly until it gets some speed and some strength, and then you can work harder and work on it together. But the process can start with one person waking up and realizing that there has to be a change, that the pause button has done enough damage, and now it's time to recharge. It's time to bring things back online. So now you know what happens. And it may feel very familiar to you that it happens slowly, 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 and then all at once. And you may even recognize the fact that as that, you know, the slow space apart begins to leave wounds of unloved and unappreciation. But the way back is just the opposite to move towards connection. If what we often do is go try to fix problems instead of trying to work on the connection, you're better served by working on the connection because many times the problems are the symptoms of the disconnection and problems evaporate when connection is reestablished. Thank you for listening. Now, I want to introduce you to the Fortified Spouse Program that has helped thousands of women and men just like you save their marriages with an 85% success rate. It is based on four fundamental pillars. One, gain the tools to reconnect with your spouse. Two, understand the differences between men and women so we can appreciate and be more empathetic with our spouse. Three, learn how to gain inner confidence so we are no longer codependent on our spouse. And four, deal with our insecurities and triggers so we are more emotionally in control and not as easily triggered. If you're interested in learning more about these tools to immediately stabilize the marriage and postpone and delay the divorce or separation or win your spouse back from an affair, then go to www.fortifiedspouse.com and enroll in the program. It is going to change your life. It is going to make you the best version of you, and it has the highest probability of saving your marriage. You have been listening to the Save Your Marriage podcast for men and women. For further information, visit The Fortified Spouse at www.fortifiedspouse.com. Thank you.